Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode 122, and I'm your co-host, Nigel. I am Tazzy, content creator and co-host. And as always, we are bringing you interesting discussions with diverse voices, and to help us out with our chat on Black Adam, we have Annabelle Anzi, founder of Melanin Gamers. Annabelle, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> we are we're talking DC, so here you are, and that, that's how <laughs> so that's how we're working it uh, on the podcast. We need we need the uh, DC representation here. And you were last with us on our previous DC talk uh, for the Batman, and joining you on that was Greg Driver, host of Ace Comicals, who is back with us. Also, Greg, welcome back. Hello. Yes, I'm going with Greg because Teth Adam is a little bit old fashioned. It is, it is. You might need to think about modernizing that, but uh, you've got time, you've got time to figure that <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we brought back the duo that were with us on our chat for The Batman, and they're back here with us today. So you can subscribe to Story X Story on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you can also send us your feedback and questions to feedback at mymatter.com. Follow them at us on social media. We are at mymatter on Twitter at MyMatter TV on Instagram and TikTok, or at Tazzy on all the above. Another option is to join our Studio 77 Discord and be part of the MyMatter universe, uh, meet others in the community. You can also consider becoming a Studio 77 member to support the work that we do at MyMatter and get exclusive access to events and artwork as well. So we've got a lot of story to talk to. Try that again. We've got a lot of story to talk about. Before we get into it, let's update you with the latest from the Mayamada universe. And we are approaching that time where we're looking to the end of the year, which means the end of the season for the podcast. So we're on season four of the podcast. Before we wrap things up, just a heads up, we do have some final recordings. We're going to be talking Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. We're going to be talking Stranger Things. We've also got some uh, interviews with comic creators and writers uh, from television as well. So lots of things to happen. That's going to be over November, over December. We then end recording in December, take a break over January and restart for season five. I need my whole hand to count that season five for of the podcast. So stay tuned for that. As well as the regularly scheduled episode, we also do some special episodes at the end of the year, including the highlights episode where we wrap up uh, all the bits that uh, were on the cutting room floor, uh, collect them back up and patch them into a uh, listenable form of podcast entertainment. Uh, also a lot of bloopers, so all the bloopers that um, I carefully cut out of the episodes uh, I save them for the end of the year so you can see how the sausage was made uh, and all the mistakes <laughs> that were made along the way. Another favorite of mine, um, because I like torturing Tazzy uh, apparently, is our wrapped episode where we pick our top five stories of the year in order, which is what Tazzy hates to do. Not in order. So it's in order for me. You'll see <laughs> what we mean <laughs> when we come to it. So <laughs> some assortment of five stories that we enjoyed this year. So you've got those episodes to come uh, to look forward to, as well as the uh, regularly scheduled episodes of the podcast. So for those listening to this when we release, uh, or close to, you can catch me in the Thought Bubble. So if you happen to be near Leeds or Harrogate, 
uh, to be precise. I will be at the Thought Bubble Comic Convention on November the 12th and 13th. Um, so I'll be in the Comicsology Hall on table 122, which coincidentally is the same number as this episode. So that should be a fun time. Thought Bubble is uh, always a cool convention focused on indie comics. Good chance to chat with other indie creators and people who are there to see interesting comics. If you're not at the convention, if you can't make it or you just you know don't live anywhere near Harrogate, you can also check out our manga on the website, including the latest manga series, Through the Fog, which is a story that I put together during the pandemic about a pandemic and features Blake Sirius uh, and team in their toughest adventure yet. Uh, we also have stuff going on on our Twitch channel, so you can check out Studio 77 uh, activity. So we've got the next installment of our casual conversations with comic creators series. This is a monthly chat with a different comic creator where we look to uncover the person behind the art. So you can catch the VOD of my conversation with illustrator and comic artist Dominique Dion. And also stay tuned for our Knockout City Games Night on Tuesday, the 29th of November, TBC. Follow us on Twitch and uh, when we get that date confirmed, we'll be uh, throwing it up. But generally speaking, we have a games night where we play different games with Studio 77 members from 7pm GMT. You can also check out past highlights on YouTube and we will have something special for games night at the end of the year. We're still in, in talks for that, but stay tuned. Speaking of gaming and live streams, we have the Gamepad online event which is coming to you live from Samsung KX. So on November the 19th, we're bringing back the online version of our gamepad event, but producing it in studio at Samsung KX. So we're gonna be bringing people in a physical space to make the live stream happen. Uh, you can sign up for tickets. It's a free event on this occasion where people can join a studio audience. You can also play games. So you can sign up to take part in the gamepad esports tournament and play as a team across Overcooked, Mario Strikers, and Knockout City. We'll also have some interviews and panel, so you'll be able to put your questions to our games industry guests live in studio. We'll be doing an interview on mental health in video games and also a panel on accessibility in video games uh, with various video game professionals. Uh, so the information for that will be on the events page. You can check out gamepad.events or the link in the show notes. Uh, we'll have limited seating for people who do want to be in attendance in person. And then for everyone else, you can watch on the MyMatter Twitch as well. So it uh, should be an interesting day. It's a new venture for us. I'm looking forward to it. You can also check out looklikeagamer.com to see all the information on our Look Like a Gamer campaign. This is a campaign that we started earlier this year to challenge the stereotype of the word gamer and promote inclusion and diversity in the video games industry, particularly for young people, the future, future generation of video games talent. Uh, so you check out the website so you can see the photo campaign uh, that we launched. We've done a bunch of events. We've done uh, talks at conventions. Uh, we were at Comic-Con, Tassie, Annabelle were there, challenging gender stereotypes in video games. So we're hoping to basically do it all again uh, next year. So events, um, discussions as we work on making video games more inclusive, whether it's working in games, whether it's just playing games uh, as well. So yeah, stay tuned to hear how you can get involved in the 2023 campaign. Uh, this year's campaign has been proudly sponsored by Rocksteady Studios and Splash Damage. 
and their support has allowed us to put on these different events and make them free for people to attend so reducing those barriers to participation so we look forward to bring them on board more support for next year uh, so that's pretty much what we've been up to now you're all caught up with Maya Mara. let's talk about some of the stories that we've been enjoying this week <laughs> So this is our spoiler-free discussion about what stories people have been reading, watching, or playing. Um, so we'll start with one of our guests. Annabelle, do you want to tell us a bit about what you've been consuming recently? I've been playing Gotham Knights, um, which came out recently, and I really like the story. Obviously, I'm a huge DC fan, so obviously I'm going to play Gotham Knights. Reading, I've also been playing Apex, but I'm always playing Apex. I'm also playing <laughs> all the Assassin's Creeds, though. Like, I'm starting it from the very first game all the way up until Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So that's been really fun. In terms of reading, I've been reading Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, which I'm finding really interesting. And also um, Atomic Habits as well. So I'm reading, actually reading three different books. So um, the other one I've literally just finished yesterday, last night. So, yeah. And are you you thumbs up on Gotham Knights? Because I've heard middling things about it. I think most I there's two um, criticisms that are the overwhelming criticisms. I think it's the crossplay aspect. So you can't play with other. So I'm playing on PC and I can't play with my console friends, which is really frustrating <laughs> um, because it's just like what I really want to play with them, but they have to be on PC as well, which is insane. And the other thing is people were, I think, were expecting um, Arkham Knight. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what this is about. Batman is dead in the game. That's not a spoiler, by the way, because it is how they are promoting the game with Batman being dead and the reason why you're all Gotham Knights, yeah. um, which is hard, 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 the fact that Batman <laughs> is dead. <laughs> so I'm just like, why did you guys think this was going to be like Arkham Knight point two or something? I love Arkham Knight, that game is sensational. It still has so much replayability. Brilliant game. This is not that game. Um, and maybe, I don't know, people didn't watch. Because I guess maybe people thought Gotham Knights, Arkham Knight, oh, same thing. It's not the same thing. So uh, there's there's those two things, I think, that are their biggest criticisms. I'm still really enjoying the story. I think it's really interesting. I love playing as um, Red Hood, Jason Todd, who I'm obsessed with, uh, Nightwing as well, Batgirl, and um, Robin, Tim Drake's Robin. So it's nice playing as like all the four different characters, like heirs to the to the Batman throne, basically they are. So it, it's been nice so far. I'm glad that it's Tim Drake and not Damian Wayne. Oh, uh, really? You're not a fan of Damian? <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Damian guy, no. He's not my favourite Robin <laughs> at all. I think Tim Drake's much better. Damien's very one-dimensional. Like, I also, I mean, is it a spoiler that the Court of Owls are in this, is it? I don't know. It's not a spoiler. They're at the launch no, party, they have it's... Court of Owls everywhere. Like, they were all in Mars. Yeah. It's yeah. not a spoiler either. That's not a spoiler. Yeah, I mean, I, I've not bought it yet. I've been wanting to buy it, being the huge Batman fan that I am. But because of what I keep hearing about the way the game plays, I'm, I'm not wanting to be an early adapter. I want to wait until they've updated it and rolled out some more updates so that it i mean like does it play as as badly as people say it does because i'm hearing all these horrible things about like being capped at 30 fps and god knows what so i don't think i haven't experienced that uh i did have a bug yesterday but it was one bug during a four-hour stream um where my game froze but aside from that it's been really smooth for me 
everything has been great, but that's my personal experience. If other people have experienced bugs, that's, you know, so I don't always yeah. like say, so yeah, it's smooth rolling all the way. Like it's been smooth for me personally. I've, I've had a really good experience with it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been uh, conflicting reports, but like, cause I, when I remember when Arkham Knight came out, and that had mm-hmm. like loads of loads of troubles. It was an amazing game. Like I absolutely adore Arkham Knight, but it had loads and loads of issues. Like as far as um, it being optimized properly for running mm. on different systems and things like that. So I just I, I've been hearing similar things about this. As I just wanted to know if you'd experienced any of that, but obviously not. So maybe that's the green light for me. <laughs> <laughs> so Greg, do you want to tell us a bit about what what you've been? What stories you've been on at the moment? Yeah, so basically I have been playing Ultra Kaiju Monster Rancher. So have you guys, are you guys familiar with the Monster Rancher games? Heard of, not played. Yeah, Yeah, so like the Monster Rancher games, because I I used to play Monster Rancher on the PlayStation, original um, PSX way back when. And the idea of the game was that you could generate a random monster with random stats by putting in a cd from your cd collection um and it generates a monster and then uh they've re-released monster rancher or uh, monster rancher 2 on steam now and i think you can get it on playstation store maybe as well and and i know you can get it on the nintendo switch and you can generate monsters using mp3 tracks and things like that and you generate a monster and then you train that monster you feed it you make it do stuff to get it make it get stronger so you you like you make it do jobs around town to get stronger like help people build houses and things and then you send it to tournaments to fight other monsters so it's it's like pokemon but a little bit more involved and ultra kaiju yeah it's it's fun it's a fun game it's difficult difficult game but it's a fun game and ultra kaiju monster rancher is monster rancher plus kaiju it's basically um like a melding of monster rancher and ultraman so it's like bandai namco stuff and it's great and in this one you don't just raise a monster you raise a kaiju (laughs) so i've been raising a kaiju to fight in tournaments with other kaiju and just having tons of fun doing giant monster battles it's a silly game but it's a fun game i love it and um i've been watching uh guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities which have any of you guys checked that out on netflix no i've not even heard of it oh it's so good it's it's a horror it's a horror anthology series and each episode is an hour long and each episode has a different director and is a completely different story like a a completely brand new story it's an anthology so that's that's really cool it's it's really eldritch it's really it it covers all the bases like there's like a i think because i've i've watched the first three episodes and we've had we've had lovecraftian eldritch horror we've had demonology uh, which is kind of a little bit Lovecraftian as well, I guess. And then we've also had Aliens. So it goes all over the place, different places. There's going to be some body horror in there as well. And is this like a Love, so, Death Robots kind of format of just different creators, unconnected stories? Yeah, right. and, and uh, Mr. Del Toro um, introduces each one. So he's introducing each story at the beginning. And it kind of has this like Goosebumps for Adults vibe. <laughs> Mm. um but it's i don't know it's really cool I, I really enjoy it um because it's amazing great horror stories with like really wicked sick special effects and everything else so yeah and yeah there's some really cool looking monsters in it and things uh the other thing we've been doing is i've been reading through death of superman because 
almost 30 years to the day, actually, since the issue of Superman, Superman 75, where Superman was bodied, for want of a better word, <laughs> by Doomsday, <laughs> and then died for a bit and sold lots of comics by dying for a bit. Yeah, so this is something we're covering on Ace Comicals because it's 30 years since Superman's death. And um, what I've been doing is I've been reading through the death of Superman and I've, I've, we've been putting together... So we've, really, we've done the first episode already and what I'm doing is I'm putting together a series. Hopefully you're going to man- manage to do it in three episodes. Ace Comicals is my podcast. Head over and check it out if you're interested in comics. But basically what I'm doing is I'm doing... I'm not just covering the comic, I'm doing like what was going on in the industry at the time, how this happened, why this happened, all the ephemera that came with it, because Death of Superman had its own Mega Drive game. Uh, there was a game released on the SNES and the Mega Drive, like a tie-in video game to a comic event. Like, when, mm-hmm. how? Usually it's a tie-in comic to a video game. <laughs> so it's one of those things where it was such a strange thing to happen at such a strange moment in time for the comics industry and there's like a confluence of, and, and you'll never get anything like it ever again. I mean, sure, they're going to kill characters and bring them back like left, right and center every day all the time. But you're never going to get anything that's going to have the cultural impact of killing Superman, who was like, well, I, I mean, I wager you could go almost anywhere on Earth and you could show them the Superman symbol and people would know what it was. Yeah. And I feel Superman like... Superman and Coca-Cola. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like because of that, the globalization and whatever else, right? But because of that, it had like a, a bigger, a, a massive cultural impact. And I was just examining that and how you're never going to achieve that kind of impact with a comic again kind of thing. And mm. it was just interesting to me because it was a comic that did it and I thought it was cool. So we're, we're covering that now. Yes, yeah, so I've been reading through Death of Superman. I've got this big omnibus edition of it. Other than that, I'm just looking forward to the new Pokemon games, which are coming out next week because they made Wooper a poison type. Have you seen, has anyone seen? Yeah, I've not looked at any Poison type Wooper. Oh my god, Poison Sight Whoop is amazing. It's grey, and instead of like those little axolotl things that he has, you know he has those little like um, branch things on his cheeks? Mm. Now he has bones, like, a, like his, his head is like a skull and crossbones, it's cool. So uh-huh. I'm looking forward to Pokemon Ruby and Violet, which I've had on pre-order since, I think it was March. No. Is it March? I don't know. It's, it's early this year anyway, yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. We'll have to get like what you think of it once, once you've played it for a bit. Um, so I am up to date with Spy Family, which this is the first time I've ever been like watching an anime as it comes out. Pretty cool to be part of that club one time. I don't think I'll ever do it again. <laughs> it's a lot of effort. But I'm really enjoying Spy Family. If you somehow don't know about Spy Family, I don't know what you've been doing to avoid it. <laughs> but it's, a, it's about a kind of family <laughs> yeah kind of, yeah <laughs> that all have i think you explained it the best that all have their own secrets and it's based around a spy mission and that's all i'm gonna gonna say it's a lot of fun it's a really good like family one but by family one i mean like everyone can enjoy it mm. equally because it's just so well made and then I caught up on that time I got reincarnated as a slime man. I just love this game so much. I love this show so much. I say game because it feels like a game, but I love it so much. I also watched Paddington, finally, the first one. And oh, that was so much fun. And then I watched Return of Mary Poppins and was highly disappointed. And I had a very low bar of expectations. But It's not often you're disappointed by things. That's a, <laughs> that's a statement. <laughs> I mean, like, it wasn't like a... I hated this. It was just a, oh, okay. 
didn't impress me. So, yeah, I think it just, it just didn't do anything. I find this a lot with Disney stuff recently. It's like it's lost its magic. Mm, there's a discussion topic for a future podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just a lot of, there's stuff that has the full Disney magic, but there's a lot of stuff that just, it just feels like it lost its magic. And I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> and then I started playing Dragon Quest Heroes 2 because I got the trial for PS Plus Extra. I don't know, whichever one you get that includes like games, like the game library. Because I got it for Stray, because obviously we've done um, our discussion on Stray. Uh, yes, our story club. Go check that VOD out. Yeah. Um, and while I was there, I saw Dragon Quest Heroes 2 uh, as a suggestion along with Dragon Quest Builders 2. And obviously, you know, I love Dragon Quest Builders 2. <laughs> and I was like, huh, what's Dragon Quest Heroes 2? So let me have a quick google on how long this game is and like the how long to beat was like un it was like 20 hours i think it was less than 20 hours i think it might have been uh, less than that but i was like okay you've piqued my interest <laughs> let me just like install it uh have a quick little go and i was like oh my god i love it <laughs> i think i'm a dragon quest spin-off game fan <laughs> they they've got the formula for you yeah, I think it's because they're like condensed. Like, so I did start one of the Dragon Quest like mainline games, and there was just I just started it, and there was just too much going on. There was too much to do. There was just too much. It was too big. And I barely got through it. I barely got that much for it. But yeah, Dragon Quest Heroes feels like it's gonna be a nice little bite size for me. So I'll probably I'll probably buy it because I don't plan on being a PlayStation Plus subscriber. I don't games on my playstation enough to justify that and don't think it gives me enough value but yeah dragon quest heroes give me some of that <laughs> <laughs> what about you nigel so i've got a few quick fire ones I haven't had a lot of time to get into uh, i wanted to start some things but hadn't had the time so i have been continuing mr robot season three which i think i haven't done the the study this so i don't have the stats but i feel this is the the show I keep my eyes open the most <laughs> of any show I, I have watched. I, I just cannot take my eyes off this when, when things are happening. Partly because it's somewhat like complicated and dense in terms of the plot, but in a way that works and is, at least for me, just so like captivating where I just find myself almost literally on the edge of my seat, just waiting for the next thing to happen. Yeah, it's it's story about uh, uh, a hacker, Elliot, and I'm not going to say anything else because <laughs> I don't know where I veer into into spoilers, especially talking about season three. But there is a a lot of delving into uh, motivations of characters, repercussions of actions taken across season one and two. And it's, yeah, it's just very, very interesting show. Really enjoying it. And yeah, just almost literally can't take my eyes off it uh, where the things are happening. I can't do Mr. Robot. It's too stressful for me. Is yeah, is I I get that I get that I, I think it's an excellent show and it's so well made, but it's also quite heavy in that sense. Like there's just it's not a light show to kind of like put on in the background or anything like that. You need to pay attention. Yeah, it's like uncut gems spread out over several episodes, and I can't do oh, it. I need to watch that as well. Um, I'll watch that and then I'll get that reference. Yeah. So, <laughs> so been watching that. 
also been watching uh, Castlevania season two. So I really enjoyed the first season. Um, a few episodes into season two and continuing to enjoy it. And I wanted to ask, Tazzy, have you watched this? Yeah, we've. I think we've spoke about. Yeah, I think we. Ha- um, we have. So I've watched the first season, and then I haven't. You hadn't. Okay. I think I started watching the second season with a group, and then you know how it is. Like you miss, you miss them watching, and then they're going yeah. on ahead of you. Um, and also, it's just like loads of people talking, just isn't my thing. <laughs> I'm watching something, and I kind of like never went back to it, but I don't know why. Okay. Because I, I was interested, I guess, particularly in season two, because this just gives me Game of Thrones vibes. It's, so I, I felt it in the first season, but even more so. And that's either a good thing or a bad thing. Game but of Thrones, how? Just the way that you have different factions um, making moves. It's not overtly political, but it's in terms of like different factions. So you've got like, without saying what happens at the end of season one, that leads to season two, different factions vying for power essentially and it's the way it's laid out uh just there's a few times over season one and now in season two i'm just thinking this this feels like a it's not like game of thrones it's it's a different obviously different shows animated and and everything but just the way people are just maneuvering politically just gives me that feeling Mm. yeah no season one didn't didn't quite i think because as well when i started watching season two i was a bit like I can't remember what happened in season one. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to go back to it. Yeah, no, I think it's really um, well done. I'm, I'm enjoying it. So getting into season two, and then I have been reading Saga. So the comic series Saga by Brian K. Vaughan and illustrated oh, yeah. by Fiona Staples. They were on a very long hiatus, uh, recently come back and done enough to get a volume 10. I spotted it in a comic book shop. Uh, realized I've forgotten a lot of what happens through one to nine. So I thought before I get volume 10, let me reread uh, the whole uh, the whole saga. <laughs> I was trying to think of a different word. But um, <laughs> so I yeah started reading from volume one and then I'm going to read it all again and then get volume 10. And this is just a, if anyone doesn't know and you're into comics, I, I'm going to make that assumption if you're listening to this podcast or at least open to the idea of reading comics. I highly recommend this. It, yeah it's just yeah it's just so good saga is amazing i'd say it's one that if you like you said like even if you don't read comics read it because it is one that can kind of get you into reading like comics yeah. and manga yeah. and graphic novels yeah saga is a hard it's, recommend from me as well it's go. really good I didn't realize volume 10 was out oh yeah yeah, yeah. no it's it's, it's oh, definitely okay. out because i've been buying to... it i've been buying it in the trades and i Obviously, when they went on hiatus, I, I almost forgot it existed. Yeah. <laughs> As I read one to nine and then left it and they were gone for us so long. And then I read the latest, the, 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 the issue when they returned, I read that. And then because I've been just scatterbrain focusing on everything, like loads of other stuff, I completely missed it. So thanks for letting yeah. me know volume 10's out. <laughs> no problem. You are very much welcome. So go get that. Uh, so for those that don't know it, it's very much a space opera story so very wide ranging i think star wars but adult <laughs> very adult yeah and um so it's you've got this like ongoing war between different races and the central protagonist uh, alana and marco are from different sides of the war but they have come together and they've have a baby which is is not allowed when you are fighting on different sides of the war so they're on the run and then it's about 
what that means for for the war, for them personally, for the child. It's yeah, it's just very adult. And I say that not in a well, well it, it does have its uh, gratuitous moments, but the concepts are are adult, and also some of the the story is is very adult. So it's not. It's one a very grown up story kids. with very grown yeah. up themes. There you go. And there's also a lot of very grown up content in it. Yes, <laughs> very much so. But it's really good. So. That is what I've been consuming. Those are some of the stories we have been enjoying. Now, let's get to our main story discussion. Today, we're going to be talking about Black Adam, the 2022 comic book film based on the DC character of the same name and the 11th film in the DC Extended Universe. It's directed by Jaume Collette Serra, written by Adam Stikiel, Rory Haynes, uh, Sorab Nosrani and stars Dwayne Johnson. I feel I've got some of those names right enough. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about all the details that we have time for in the story. So if you have not seen it and you don't want it spoiled, you can pause now and come back when you've seen it. For everyone else, welcome. I will do a recap of the story, but first, let's get everyone's quick take and general impressions. Uh, so Annabelle, we'll start with you. Uh, what's your what's your take on this film? Like uh, uh, high points or just general points? High, I love like... the diversity um, film. That was nice to see, and special effects can't go wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it was a it was a nice it was an interesting story. They definitely leaned into the anti hero less villain side of Black Adam. So yeah, those okay. are my quick takes. Was that a positive thing for you, or did you not like the anti hero thing? Oh no, I did. I did oh, like the cool. anti-hero. I mean, I do like a good villain. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. love a good villain. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a straight villain. But it was, they did really make some really good points in terms of, um, which which I felt like had real world implication. Sorry, this is quick take. So we'll oh, get so, into that yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll oh, yeah, go deeper. All right. Yeah. Cool. Greg, as the other, uh, I'm just going to call you both DC experts or DC fans, I don't know. Don't what call me an think? expert, please. Yeah. <laughs> you are the expert, Greg. You are definitely the expert. You're the expert in the room. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I shun the word expert like Black Adam shuns the word hero. <laughs> that is noted. <laughs> so yeah, um, it was a cool film. It was good. I liked, I liked the anti-hero Black Adam. I liked what they did with his origin. I liked what they did to give him a weakness um I, I thought it was really interesting so yeah it was it was good for me all right tazzy where do you where do you fall on this uh <laughs> <laughs> after like hearing how uh everyone's sort of like in depth things i'm just like yeah i thought, I thought it was it was okay <laughs> it was good <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think it was a lot of like action it was a very a yeah it was an action film and then like also like uh cyclone is just so cool um, <laughs> mm. um and i really loved i really loved uh her whole character and how she was on screen i kind of like i've i didn't know about black adam before this film so i quite like the the story the kind of like this weird mash between indiana jones and superheroes <laughs> <laughs> never thought of that i was there for it i was there for it yeah all right so i i similarly had no real awareness of black adam as a character and i'm going to be honest i had no particular care for the film there was a point where i debated whether we would do this episode or not because 
of my ignorance of everything Black Adam. But we are here. So I thought I wanted to balance out. We talk a lot about Marvel. So I thought, let's, let's talk about DC. So I came into this completely fresh with no expectations, no nothing, just take what I see. And I didn't hate it. Uh, I, will, I will give it that. I, I don't think this is a bad film. Uh, I don't think this is a great film. What I felt along the way of of watching it is I think it does the the superhero film, like the, the blockbuster superhero film very well. And then I left thinking, I largely enjoyed it, but is this what I personally want from superhero films? I don't know what the answer is yet. Maybe we'll we'll get into it through this. So I think it's very well done for what it does. I'm just not sure if, if what it does is what I want from superhero films anymore. I don't know. This might be a very introspective discussion uh, for me. So before we get to that bit, uh, let me do a recap of the story. This is a story that takes us to 2600 BC, where the tyrannical king of Kandak creates the crown of Sabak to attain great power. After attempting a revolt, a slave boy is given the powers of Shazam and eventually kills King Akhtun. In the present day of Kandak, Archaeologist and resistance fighter Adriana Tomas tries to locate the crown of Sabak with the help of her brother Karim and their colleagues Samir and Ishmael. As Adriana gets the crown, the group are ambushed by intergang mercenaries, forcing Adriana to awaken Teth Adam, whom she believes to be Kandak's champion. As Teth Adam slaughters intergang, intergang troops, US official Amanda Waller sends the Justice Society to apprehend him. Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Cyclone, and Atom Smasher arrive to stop Adam from causing further destruction, telling Adriana that Adam was not an entombed saviour, but an imprisoned madman. Then Ishmael turns heel and reveals himself as the leader of Intergang in Kandak and kidnaps Amon. Adam, Adriana, there's a lot of A's, I'm just realising this, and the Justice Society find the crown with the intention of trading it for Amon. Ishmael also reveals himself to be the last descendant of King Akhtun, and once he gets the crown, betrays his part of the deal and shoots at Amon, causing Adam to lose control and destroy everything in the vicinity, killing Ishmael. Guilt-ridden, Adam flees and later reveals to Hawkman that his legend was misstated. It was Adam's son, Hurut, who was granted Shadam's power and later gave Adam his powers to save his life before being killed himself by assassins causing an enraged Adam to slaughter all of the king's men and inadvertently destroy Kandak's palace. Feeling unworthy of being a hero, Adam surrenders and a justice society locks him into a secret underwater black site. But they soon realise that Ishmael actually wanted Adam to kill him while he wore the crown so that he could be reborn as champion of the six demons of Sabak. Dr. Fate creates a magical force field around the Kandak ruins, disclosing that Hawksman's death can be avoided with his own sacrifice. As Fate fights Sabak alone, he uses astral projection to release Adam before being killed by Sabak. Adam then arrives, just as Sabak is about to kill the Justice Society. He kills Sabak with the help from Hawkman, and the Justice Society leave on good terms with Adam, who now accepts his new role as Kandak's protector and adopts a new name, Black Adam. The end. But not really because we're doing this whole thing where we have a mid-credit mid scene. So in the mid-credit scene, Amanda Waller communicates with Adam and warns him against leaving Kandak before Superman arrives and suggests that he and Black Adam should talk. And then the end. That was the end, right? There's no more after-credit scene, right? I no. don't know. I left okay. so after that one. <laughs> I left after that. 
Yeah. I stayed till the end and no, there wasn't. There's no, okay, <laughs> cool, we got that. <laughs> so the cinema was completely the official, empty. The official word, we got that. All right, so like I said, this is a, a film that I personally was not tracking, but The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, certainly was. This was a film that has been 10 plus years in the making. And I wanted to bring this up because like, whenever I do workshops uh, in schools and I always want to get across to the kids that stories, like creating these things, whether it's a comic, whether it's a film, it takes time and it's never just done first time. I feel this is a good testament to this. So this is a film that started in conception in 2007. So when a script was in the making, Greg mentioned Captain Marvel. So it started as that, turned into Shazam and then The Rock reveals and for those that only know the rock from films he used to be a wrestler i feel i shouldn't have to explain that but there might be some people watching who don't know that very famous wrestler um he reveals that he is playing black adam and not shazam 2013 he reveals that he's had meetings with dc and exciting things were to come 2014 confirmed he's playing black adam 2017 he reveals he's not just playing black adam in shazam he's getting his own film so there's a solo film, Shazam to come, and also a Black Adam film, which The Rock will star in. 2018, The Rock confirms he's not in Shazam. He's doing his own thing. 2019, filming begins, or is going to begin in 2020 uh, on Black Adam. So says 2019, Dwayne Johnson. 2020 comes. We all know what happens there. We collectively lose two years of our lives. But 2021, filming does actually begin on Black Adam. And 2022, the film comes out. The way you say that we all collectively use two years of our lives, like, was it a pandemic or did we all just get dusted? Like, yeah, <laughs> we got snapped and returned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> who, who Do you know knows? what? I feel like I would have preferred that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I think me too, actually. <laughs> me too, Tazzy. So, one of the things that I felt, I don't know how you all feel about this, but a lot of the film themes, like some of the sort of political themes, I think Annabelle touched on this, where there are some critiques made at the West. And I don't know if this is always how it was supposed to be, or this felt like it as a film that should, maybe should have come out closer to like Bush era, you know, we're going into Iraq kind of space. Did anyone get else get that impression? Sort of, but not, because I don't think, they could have brought this film out closer to Bush era because I think I think it, it would have been a landmine that they wouldn't have wanted to touch at that time. Okay. I mean, mm. I feel like I feel like it's overdue yeah. in criticism of the West and everything else. But I just I just feel like it 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 it, it could never have existed in the form it exists now back then. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it's actually a central theme to Black Adam's story. Like this this when you look at Black Adam in, in modern comics and things, like uh, as he is the protector of Kandak and Kandak is his, his place, his country, it's like the autonomy of the, you know, like all these like themes that are central to Black Adam as a character that they get through in the film, like the autonomy of Kandak as a nation and, mm. you know, like not your country, not your fight, that kind of stuff. And that's all quite central to Black Adam as a character anyway, when he's being written as, a, as more of an anti-hero than a straight up villain. I did like that. I like that criticism, how, how it comes through in a superhero lens. Because mm. we're so used to like Captain America, Superman, the, the sort of quintessential American Western figures. Uh, and <laughs> fair enough is still be played by Rock, by The Rock, who is like the closest thing, you know, in, in 
the real world that we have to a superhero, basically. But the story itself and some of the things that other characters were saying um, were, yeah, I did uh, did quite find, I found that interesting. Another thing I found interesting were some of the responses to this film. Now, again, I was not tracking this film, so I didn't know what people were thinking, what they were saying. Uh, but as I was putting the notes together, I, I could see that there's a lot of hate towards this film. I don't know if anyone, everyone else was getting that. And I wasn't sure if this was this film specifically, or is there a growing anti-superhero bias where it just becomes cool to hate on superhero films? Did anyone else see any of the sort of responses that were happening? Annabelle, I don't know if you were, because I assume you were tracking this film. Those must have been Marvel fans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> No, Marvel fans are trashing DC. Yeah. No, um, I, I saw, I think it was because The Rock was playing Black Adam. Uh, that's that's the criticism oh, okay. I was seeing a lot online, where he, is he an actor? Do we not like The Rock? Is... You know, there's that meme of, I think it was like last year or something, where he's, he's it's a meme of him in like a shirt, and he is like from five different films. There's a few actors like that, though. Like you, you could say the same about uh, what's his, uh, what's his name, Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is just Ryan Reynolds and everything Ryan that Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds is. Okay. We, we do not accept Ryan Reynolds slander on this podcast, good sir. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just using him as an example of one of these actors that is like, it, rather than being an actor, they are a personality, yeah. which is what I feel like The Rock is. So he's just, he's just Dwayne Johnson in everything that he's in. <laughs> And Ryan Reynolds is just Ryan Reynolds in everything that Ryan Reynolds is in. And he's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying it's else. bad. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that that, that, is, that is some people's style. That is some people's yeah. acting style. Please don't kill me. I think with The Rock, what, what with uh, Dwayne Johnson, a lot of the criticism, like with him being in a lot and just being himself in a lot as well, is that he's just doing like back to back to back to back to back to back movies. Oversaturation. <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> And so, because I got a little bit of that, like I was like, I'm not sold on Dwayne Johnson being this character that I don't even know, just because I'm like, am I just, am I just going to be watching Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> and I think like the opening, like when we're first shown. Teth Adam. Or the, Teth the... Adam, yeah. With his, with his cloak on, like when, when they we, reawoken. They've got like this full like mystical thing going. And it's like we know it's we know it's <laughs> we know it's the rock. <laughs> we know yeah. it's the rock because it's all over the advertisement. It's not a secret. <laughs> so why? And it was really frustrating. It's like why are you doing that unless you're going to reveal to me that like this is some new actor and like <laughs> we're just going to be like wowed, like just oh my god, like. There was just no reason for it, and it just that bit bugged me <laughs> that it was uh, it was Dwayne Johnson, and you're doing this thing, and I'm like, just don't do that, like just just don't. Just don't. The best thing about it being the Rock is in this film, the greatest thing that happened. I mean, I went in with because obviously I went in with low expectations, and that's why I was so pleasantly surprised and why I enjoyed it. But the best thing about it being the Rock is the fact that. Usually they have to use CGI to kind of like buff people up a little bit, <laughs> but they had to use CGI. To get him down, down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be a first. The rock. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. His, his physique definitely helped add to the character. It's the fact that they had to spend money to take his muscles away. <laughs> 
<laughs> I couldn't get over that. I just could not get over that. I, it was really weird, like, when they did, like, when he kind of went to yeah. regular. And I was like, this is just weird. Like, it's just, it, like, I don't know. You know, it like, just makes you feel a bit, like, off. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. gave me a bit of a weird, like, off feeling. I was like... <laughs> Not sure. Just doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right, yeah. Yeah. He does does muscles back on. Yeah. <laughs> I think someone two rows behind me vomited into their popcorn <laughs> <laughs> when that scene came up. <laughs> uh, all right. So it's it's a rock thing. I guess your your mileage may vary depending on your feelings towards uh Dwayne Johnson. In terms of the the comic character, so again, I, I don't have barely any knowledge of the character. Greg, this is where uh, I need you to come in and and just give us an overview of. Oh, like, I knew there was a reason. Character. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is your role. <laughs> yeah, I just want to correct myself as well because I think when we were talking about stories, I said Ruby and Violet, and I meant Scarlet. Oh, is that a Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. Question? Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice when guests self-correct themselves. Appreciated. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Black Adam. Ugh, there's two different origins for the character black adam uh black adam is a golden age character originally not a dc character but a character published by fawcett comics first appearance was in the marvel family number one which was december 1945 um, and this is in the days before dc was dc um and dc was three different companies and marvel back then was a company called timely ah uh, yes and this is just basically like so so what happened was because Black Adam was the designed as the as a villain for Captain Marvel, who you will now know today as Shazam. So the characters themselves, they do have this fascinating history when we look at it and we look at the way superheroes in comics and the way that the, the comics industry went at the time. So like DC at the time was called National Comics Publications and there was two other companies that would eventually merge with that to form DC. And DC wouldn't actually be known as DC properly until 1977 but it was it was known colloquially as DC long before that so yeah what happened was Fawcett Publications as they were known at the time were publishing the uh the, the Captain Marvel books and um they created this character Black Adam who was this 5,000 years ago the wizard Shazam chose an Egyptian prince named Tethat this is the original original golden age origin if you like so he's an egyptian prince named teth adam um and uh, the wizard shazam chose teth adam as his successor gave him the 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 powers he became the champion mighty adam and unlike billy batson the power corrupted him so like a key element that's different from what they do in the comics to what they've done in this film is that the power corrupts and it's less about him feeling worthy of that power and more about the fact that he just went bad with it and he turned evil and he basically decided to try and use that power to rule the world and an angry Shazam changes his name to Black Adam. So instead of calling him uh, Mighty Adam, he changes the name to Black Adam and because he can't take the powers away, he banishes him to the most distant star in the universe. Black Adam spends 5,000 years flying back to Earth and by the time he makes it back in 1945, we've got Captain Marvel, Mary Marvel, and Captain Marvel Jr. doing the rounds. And uh, Adam tries to take over the world. There's a fight. Um, the way they managed to beat him originally is they trick him into saying um, Shazam. Uh, okay, so that's what they, that was one of the aims in the film. Yeah. 
and by and they trick him into saying it and then they revert him back to Teth Adam and then 5,000 years of aging catches up with him in an instant. Right. <laughs> and he just turns into a skeleton. Ah, that's, dies. yeah. That's always interesting where, to see where they, where yeah. they made the changes on the source material. Yeah, but then there's like a second origin for him, which comes from later on in DC. So what happened was, uh, so what happened was Fawcett kind of went out of business. They abandoned superhero characters in 1953 because they had like this whole war going with DC Comics over the copyright for Captain Marvel because DC were claiming that Captain Marvel was basically a straight copy of Superman and... Uh, it just basically they ended their they ended they stopped publishing comic books and it was um, the rights were for Captain Marvel and Black Adam were then given to DC in 1972 under license and then DC had the rights fully to those characters from 1991 and what DC because you you'll find a lot of this with um, when you go back and you look at characters in DC comics um, because they absorbed characters from different failed comics companies um there's a company called charlton comics you know characters like the blue beetle and the question i've heard the names but yeah um if you if you've seen Watchmen, then that's who those characters are based on oh oh night owl is blue beetle the question is rorschach oh wow and they're they're charlton comics characters um the comedian is a character called peacemaker who you probably most definitely heard of yeah yeah so they basically what dc did is they absorbed other properties and one of the reasons that the dc universe became so messy and that they had to do a little something called crisis on infinite earth in 1986 was because they took on all these other properties and what they did was they just kept creating different worlds for these to, so that everything could exist in harmony and the shazam uh, where the shazam stuff existed was um uh, uh, it was called earth s um so dc absorbed it and they had earth s and that was just and sometimes they would take part in other things with other characters from other earths and then they would have their own continuing stuff on earth s as well so that's that's how they reconciled it by by having the infinite earth so having the infinite universes and whatever uh which they then collapsed into one in 1986 and then obviously black adam got a, a more updated origin story um so in this one he was a slave and his entire family were killed by dictators in Kandak. All except for his nephew, a man who Adam helped him escape and he was given the powers. A man was given the powers, but then gave them to Adam to help Adam. And then Adam became, he turned against the Council of Eternity in this, in this one. He turns against the uh, Council of Eternity and kills all of the members but Shazam. So there was like a Council of Wizards. He kills every single one apart from Shazam and Shazam cast him beyond the farthest star in the universe and called him black adam mm. so it's a slightly slightly updated and the origin in the movie kind of riffs more on that one than on the earlier one yeah sounds like it and they do they do some other original stuff with the movie as well so like originally black adam's weaknesses are pretty few and far between he's vulnerable to powerful magic and lightning apparently but a lightning can cause him to revert back to teth adam but then like a, a weakness that they had the weakness as well that he couldn't revert back to normal because if he did, he would age all the years he didn't. But they they wrote that out right. and okay. they, they now have this Eternium thing in the movie. So Eternium as like a new weakness like for him. Yeah, but I've been thinking about whether or not Eternium comes under magic or whether Eternium is just something else. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Because it's kind of like, um, it's like kryptonite, really, when you think about it. Yeah, that's that's why I filed it under um, (laughs) the kryptonite column. So, yeah, no, it's, it's... I was like hearing about like how they take, like I said, how they take sort of source material and adapt it for not just a, a new audience, but a different medium uh, as well. So yeah, like to go into the the story itself. So we've got like the the background on the the comic inspiration, and I feel the story itself is where some of my issues come from. Like I said, I, overall, I I enjoyed it for what it was, and. Annabelle, you mentioned sort of the the mm-hmm. the antihero aspect that you enjoyed. This is one of the things that I I wondered if it could have been done better because you had this whole thing about not killing people or sorry or the belief within the context of the film that you know superheroes don't kill people Black Adam's like I do but he doesn't really kill anyone of consequence and the the people he does kill there's no real stakes in there so I don't know how you felt about the the anti-hero thing or whether he should have just gone full villain and just started killing people of real consequence I don't know. I don't think that would have it would have made sense to him. He doesn't the, the people the people who he always has a reason. You know, he's not. That's what makes him an anti-hero. A villain will kill people just because on purpose. Like there's a reason for it. But he's just like this person is like he was just you know when he was looking for the child. What's the the, the son's name? Amon. Yeah, and it was yeah. just like that. Yep. Like he was just tossing the motorbikes, like, yeah. like because he was just looking for the child. It wasn't like I'm gonna murder, torture you. You know, it was just like he just flung the guy over his shoulder. If he lands, he dies. It's not real. It's it's of no real consequence to him. So that's I feel like that's more like anti-hero. You know, they are yeah. villains. They are bad guys. So if they die, they die. But I guess whatever. it's like a for me, it's like a a safe anti-hero. It's kind of like what they did with Venom. A bit. They kind of he he never really does anything. You know, to me, he never looks at anything other than a hero, really. Mm. So I felt that it could have been ways, and we'll get to that when we talk about Hawkman as well, where they could have put some of his ideals to a stronger test. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a Hollywood thing, and I think they did it this way to keep him palatable for audiences. Mm, he definitely felt very palatable. Like there was instances that I was like, just so it's like it's like he's going to kill people, but he's going to kill faceless bad people. Yes, exactly. That, you know that don't have names or backstories, or or that you get attached to in the film for starters. And they're also, you know, they're they're like they're one dimensional colonizer bad guys. Like you know, they're they're like jackbooted, gun toting, oppressing the locals. No one cares if they die. Yeah. Yeah. So is that so, kind of that's what I feel yeah. like some of the themes that could have gone a bit deeper, but then like you say, it's a it's a Hollywood thing and it's particularly a Dwayne Johnson thing because it's his his persona is you know the nice guy hero. It's like we can do him as an anti-hero, but we can do it in a way that's palatable so that people won't be shocked by his actions. Yes. So that's the exactly only people it. that are sh- but then it kind of backfires because then like the only people that are shocked about it are like Hawkman and Hawkman. Like no one else in the <laughs> no, film no seems to cares. care. Yeah, it's like Hawkman cares, and so does Hawkman, but that's it. <laughs> like no one else really cares too much. Like even Doctor Fate's like, well, you know what? I- I'm not bothered. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm cool. I'm sure. Yeah, and it's even just... the younger two, Cyclone and uh, yeah, yeah, Atom just Man, just, just like... away, just like Meh, whatever. Atom Man thinks Black Adam's cool as hell. Yeah, Atom <laughs> Smasher. Yeah, oh, Atom Smasher. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's just like, wow, you're cool. <laughs> really doesn't care to kill a load of bad guys. Amon yeah. thinks he's cool as well. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Amon worships him. <laughs> Amon wants to learn violence from Black Adam. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that, was that a funny scene. scene. Yeah, that was actually my favorite scene in the whole. In the who whole do film. I learn like, violence from? Yeah. Well, yeah. Who, who they, is he going to learn violence from? <laughs> yeah, Mum, who do you want me to learn violence from? <laughs> yeah, it, it feels though, instead of it being a conscious choice of the character to, you know, like the di- between killing and not killing, it feels more like he was baptized in the blood of a battlefield from the bronze age that's just how how things were back then and he's been asleep for a while and now he's back and he's just going to continue doing things based on the morals and and the the times that he he once he was born and and raised in i guess and yeah and that that makes sense because there is an element of a fish out of water story here and that's cool i guess it it, they yeah they just could have made it more interesting and uh, especially yeah, with his backstory, which is yeah. a lot of tragedy, and they could have used that, but it, it only came out in a bit at the end. So he's an anti-hero, essentially, because he's old-fashioned yeah. in quotations, you know. I feel like they just don't lean on it enough. Like, they don't make him that old-fashioned, if that makes sense. Like, they don't Yeah, it's really a very quick catch-up he does. Yeah. <laughs> they've, they've put all these things in place so that the, the fact that they wussied out of doing Black Adam being a proper proper nasty man... You yeah, because it could have made him like, like from his time, this is like, you know, the whole, you know, who's going to teach him violence. He could have had a belief. Like he didn't necessarily have a belief. Like you say, Greg, he just, this is from when the time he existed in. Rather yeah, than... I, I'm from, I'm from like um, the cradle of civilization, Bronze yeah. Age, like Mesopotamia or whatever. I'm just going to. And, and they just don't like lean into like, because other than that, they, he's not shocked that there's like, vehicles and yes. like there's one comment about the fact that the city's changed and that's it like that's it, yeah. it's, they don't lean into the fact that he is from this historical place well, and then that would make yeah. that and and they didn't have to go out of their way to do that it really could have been you can, you can right. run away with his powers though because he does get infinite knowledge with his powers basically he, he, he gets like omniscience as part of his part of the package of powers because he has the same powers as Shazam they don't put that in there. That was never communicated. That was never communicated yeah. at all in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. This is, this is how communicated. This, this is how, in my mind, I have gotten out the plaster and mixed some down and filled that oh, okay. hole in the so wall. Okay, so that's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is this is me. This, <laughs> this is me sitting up at midnight last night filling plot holes in my head because <laughs> I couldn't sleep because I also couldn't stand the fact that he could just all of a sudden speak English. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like why is he not speaking like ancient Kandak or whatever? Like why is or he... at least like broken English? Like yeah, maybe he could, you know, because I can it... understand the films in English. So yeah. at least, and that maybe you know, language develops. You'd have some stuff that still would make I think, sense. I think if he spoke just... broken English, it just would have been really weird. It would have been like yeah. those, you know, those films like that. that I feel like it's a whole genre where a caveman gets gets yeah. found in ice and then thawed out and <laughs> just behaves like a caveman and causes chaos. Yeah. I don't know, just yeah. a bit slower in it. Yeah. Like yeah. more. Yeah. Took, took some game, like if he if he had to add like an adjustment period. Yeah. Because they even talk about the adjustment period, don't they? Like, oh, we've got to we've got to do this to him before the adjustment period ke- is over. There's no like, adjustment period. Just none at he, all. They just, just mention it. Yeah. yeah, he's there. He's there and he's fighting off rockets. There's one one yeah. I think the only bit is that he looks at the rocket like, what is this? And then that's that's it. Then he's, he's like, like, okay, I understand the, the whole world. The bullets and he's like, your magic is weak. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's that as well. Like that threat, all of a sudden knows what a gun is. Like. So, it, yeah, and that's why I feel like uh, a lot of the film was very, like, on the nose and surface level. Uh, and again, I think for what it is, it's, it's fine. It's just the question I had is, like, do is this what I want from yeah. uh, this kind of film? One thing I, I did like, though, is uh, the... Uh, I don't know if this is, like, a type of film, but it reminded me of Terminator, where mm. you have the man from another time, yeah. doesn't quite understand, comes to protect the woman and her son. Yeah, so here you've just answered your own question. Because you're saying, is this what I want from a superhero movie? But what if it's not a superhero movie? What if it's an anti-hero movie, like The Terminator? Uh, yeah, and then this is the problem with mentioning Terminator, because that's an unfair comparison, because Terminator just, and Terminator 2 just, are just so good. <laughs> I think part of the reason is, like, there's a lot more focus. Uh, yeah. And not to me, there's a Terminator versus Black Adam. I guess that's what we're doing. But Terminator the, just kills people indiscriminately. Yeah, but there's when I say more focus, I mean more focus on the... The character so black adam feels like a a, a plot driven story and yeah. terminator well there's more character to it and there's more focus on specific characters whereas and we're going to come on to characters in black adam there's a lot of characters in black adam that i, I don't feel actually that important uh, and take up screen time that could have been put to developing character that's my that's my feeling yeah. i don't know if, like, how, how, how you will feel has everyone seen Terminator? Or am I, I'm just making that assumption. No, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen yeah, Terminator, yeah. Yeah. of course. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've, I've missed some um, some classics, so <laughs> let me not project. <laughs> to be fair, so if I but yeah. <laughs> I feel like Terminator is one of the ones that's hard, really hard to miss. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's any characters in this that by removing them would have helped build any other. Would have helped build more character. I think removing any characters would have just removed that character wouldn't have adjusted the story at all mm. it would have just maybe yeah i don't think it would have made a difference if that's <laughs> <laughs> so you might as well have them in there just so that there's more of something more <laughs> all right what do you think annabelle am i off base with my terminator comparison or no, I, I didn't even think, but yeah, there there is a comparison with Terminator. I do love the Terminator. I think Terminator 2 is probably up there, one of my favourite twists on plot, the fact that they made the villain, the goody, mm. and the, like, it's just genius yeah. to me. And I guess that's what they're doing with Black Adam, or trying to do, um, I, I assume there'll be more films and he'll now be... He's not a goody in, 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 in that sense. He is an anti-hero. I don't see the Terminator as a villain at all. I think he's a goody. I don't care how many people he kills. <laughs> if he saves John oh, Connor. <laughs> um, but I think with with um with Black Adam, if like if they're leaning into some of the raw material, which they didn't do in this film, there there's more of a villainous side, which I don't mind at all. But he was definitely in like the anti-hero section of and it's it's definitely because of the time that he's from and all that sort of stuff. And I think that if maybe they could have leaned that into that a bit more, but they were just trying to introduce this character and tell us sort of a very sort of this place is, you know, under siege, this um, champion, because he's not a hero, is what we need at this time kind of thing, you know? Yeah, they do make that point. And I think they did that in terms of mm. like the kind of story they were trying to sell. They, they weren't going to get overly deep. Like, this was not that film. This was not no. that film where it was just like, oh, no, where am I from? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm so lost. This is not the Batman. Like, it was never going to be that film yeah. <laughs> at all. Yeah. And it would have been weird, to be honest. Well, What's the line from The Dark Knight? 
where it's like, is it yeah, they the hero need you deserve done. or yeah, yeah whatever. It, I'm not going to be the hero you deserve. I'm going to be like, it's like the yeah, hero yeah. And that is not this film. <laughs> and I don't think, I'm not sure. I mean, I like The Rock, but I'm not sure he would have been the actor to pull that off, to be perfectly honest. I agree. <laughs> so they were not, they would, if, I'm glad they stayed clear of that because then it would have just been like, what's happening? Imagine if it got that deep. It just, yeah, would that I have get worked? That, I get that. No, that would not and, have worked. And that's what I'm saying. I, I think for what it does, it, it does yeah. it reasonably well. And it's not yeah. that type of film. Yeah, it's so exactly what it says that, on the tin kind of yeah. film, you know. Um, Which is fine. I, yeah. I did perfectly fine to to have that. Um, and yeah. Yeah, so I want to... Ooh, I want to talk about the third act, but I want to get to characters mm. and that idea of, you know, the, the hero you need and <laughs> one of their characters, I think it's Adriana mentions like, you know, he does the things that you, the Justice Society won't do and this is what we need. So you've got a lot of characters, maybe Hawkman aside, who all live in this moral grey area, which again, I actually quite liked where you had characters like Hawk. I was going to say Hawkeye. <laughs> I wonder how many times I'll do that again. Um, Hawkman, very binary so good guys bad guys and i can't remember if it's dr fate or adriano who has the line it's easy to split the world into good and bad when you're the one drawing the line it's adriano i think that's... it's adriano yeah, yeah okay uh, yeah. yeah i thought so um i thought that was great that's a great line that's, that's like yeah yeah that's a good point and you've got different characters that fall on uh, other sides either side of that line so black adam we talked about who is the I think we should call him Grey Adam from now on. Yeah, I was going to say that he's Grey Grey Adam. So his his arc is essentially from anti-hero to protector, but still an anti-hero. Then you've got Hawkman, who is violence and death is black and white. So, uh, and also in the film, he's kind of he comes from quite a privileged position, so he's able to. And I think Adriana says the line to him. If I remember correctly, I'm not sure, but he's definitely in the room. So it's like, mm. you know, you can do that because that's your position. That's not our position. And then you've got interesting characters like Dr. Fate, who is very much in the gray area and can see it's not just good versus evil. It's, you know, what's what's needed. Uh, and then Adriana, Amon and other characters fall in between that. So Tazi, you mentioned that you felt there was no, there's no characters that you could have taken out and changed anything. I, I would argue that Atom Smasher and Cyclone. Not to say that I didn't like the characters, but I feel their role could have been taken out. Yeah. And you would not have changed, the film wouldn't have changed. But yeah. the, my point is that that time, because they're in it quite a bit, that time that they were in it could have been put to further, like bettering the other parts of the story that were quite weak, I'd say. So I don't think it would have. <laughs> I think that time would have just been used to do smashing other stuff <laughs> yeah smashing yeah, just... other stuff or doing what they'd done with uh, smashing psycho which was kind of like they had their role was kind of like this very weak comic relief and teen romance you're or, here to yeah. fall in love so fall yeah. in love. <laughs> <laughs> and then like but i feel like if they hadn't been there they would have just got someone else to be the goof and someone else to be the romance oh, interest i get what you're saying i get yeah like, so I, they, i'm saying that they needed role, those tropes yeah. in there and it doesn't matter if we took out any characters they would have just added it in somewhere the time would have been used goofs. that way we had we had uncle uncle, uncle, uncle goof yeah, yeah. uncle oh, goofin <laughs> this funny. actually he bugged was... me about Adam smasher it was the what I mean, why was Adam Smasher in it anyway? <laughs> like, just had no role. 
I liked it, but it just had no. And why was he such a goof? Like, I feel like there was no purpose to his. As Justice Society. But that's what I'm saying. The 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 role. So it's. But I, get I what also you're saying, feel like point, if we I... took it out, the film just wouldn't. They wouldn't have changed anything. <laughs> I think you're <laughs> being way too optimistic, Nigel. And that's coming from the optimist. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So yeah, I'm I'm here, Rosie. I'm thinking like take the role out, and there and the creators would say, oh, we've got space. Let's use it on developing the character. What <laughs> character? <laughs> was you expecting them to da- develop because they weren't developing black adam that's for sure i guess well, that, that's why <laughs> because it, it's not black adam it's dwayne johnson <laughs> yeah, your, yeah. and that is the character that yeah. he plays and like like that's literally his much. final form this is it now He's a yeah, yeah, I guess. yeah so he was one and then the other was actually um ishmael who i felt the uncle, so, yeah. yeah the was it no, Karen was the uncle. Uh, Ishmael the... Oh, Ishmael the betrayer. The betrayer. <laughs> is that his name? Mean it. What? That's, <laughs> that's his name from now on. I like that. Ishmael, Ishmael the betrayer. The betrayer. <laughs> <laughs> because his... So he he was the one where, if we talk about story space, so I I got that he's the turncoat. He's the he's the heel. But okay. I didn't necessarily like care because we didn't, we didn't really see... I feel like they wrapped his... I feel like he's the one character that got wrapped up nicely. It's like, he's a descendant of the the king and he's just held on to that, like, that yeah. entitlement of I deserve this bloodline. And that was his motivation or motivation. Oh, no, it's and all he there. A... No, I got it. They, they tick all the boxes. I'm I'm saying I didn't necessarily care because I didn't, I didn't... I don't think we're meant to care about him, though. You know, I think I'm asking for too like. much. You know what? This is what I'm I'm getting now. I think I'm asking for too much for this. I think if <laughs> anything, real. it would be like the character. I think the the missing thing is the the mum and okay. Amon. Like we get the level of their motivation, but it's not till like just this one line that we really understand why them out of this whole nation of people that, have, mm. that are all being oppressed why them in particular are so so passionate about it and it's because like the dad died and we get one line to explain all, yeah. all that bit throwaway and it's very throwaway like we get that they are very into it we don't we don't know their motivation apart from this one line and i think that's the one question like all the way through that it's just not it's just like okay why do you care and then as well because there's the whole like thing with her grandma's pendant and they just really didn't it was just a device it was there for like two seconds and then yeah gone the rest of the film yeah i think i missed that i must have looked down at my popcorn but uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a blink and you miss a moment <laughs> well i would what i would have liked to have seen happen um would have been instead of like they could have i would like to have seen more sabak I would like to have seen like actual full Sabak get more mm. screen time. And and what they could have done is they could have had Black Adam come back and they could have had Black Adam be a little more vi- villain side of anti-hero and this dictator of, of Kandak. And what they could have done is they could have had Black Adam being this like, like, like I said, like more to the villain side of anti-hero. And then they could have had Sabak turn up as well. And then, well, like instead of spending half the film f- like fighting over the crown, 
they could have had Sabak in it from the beginning and they could have had Sabak and, and Black Adam being like, yeah, well, you think I'm bad? Check this guy out. Right. <laughs> when Hawkman yeah. and everyone turn up and they could have done the, the whole, like, he's a villain, but I guess we're going to have to work with him because they kind of did that, but it was really weak. So, because yeah, it was like, they just accepted him. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you've got your differences because he kills people and you don't, but... Like, you know, instead of doing that, they could have just done the full on thing. Like, OK, so he's a villain, but I guess maybe you've got to work together this time. Yeah. And also Sabak's like really, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and gets like a few minutes, like a few minutes of screen time. It's like, yeah, super epic, like hell creature champion. Maybe like, he was too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and then just got like a few moments on screen and they weren't that yeah. impressive for someone that looks so impressive. That's what I'm saying. They could have taken stuff out and had they focused it in other areas, they could have built it up. And I know I'm asking for too much at this point. I know, but still. (laughs) (laughs) I can dream. Annabelle, were there any characters that stood out to you? Were there any characters that you felt could have been taken out, maybe? If I had to, maybe the uncle as well wasn't really huge even though i really did like the line when he was just like i'm gonna die by electricity i thought that was so funny (laughs) and he just ran in like (laughs) you know you can tempt fate like uh character that stood out was definitely piers brosman as dr fate yeah yeah he was brilliant i have loved piers brosman since bond days to me he's like the perfect bond and he just looked just I didn't like that he took off the mop, like the um, the Doctor Fate helmet. I was like, "What the hell? Like, you're not supposed to see his his face." But we did, and I was like, "Yeah, got to show the moneymaker. It's in the contract." <laughs> his character was just—he was perfectly cast, like wise and all. You know, I just really, really loved his character. Everything about it, acting, like everything was just—he was a standout for me. Such a standout. Pierce Brosnan acts. Pierce Brosnan is not Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a clear difference between Pierce Brosnan in this and, and Pierce Brosnan in, say, for instance, James Bond, right? <laughs> it was, he was lovely. He was just such a great, like, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so glad he's in this film because he just yeah. did it. He did it so brilliantly. Um, did I did like well. Cyclone, though, like, in terms of, not, I think the character was a little bit like, it wasn't that strong, her backstory, um, but. As, you know, her style and stuff like that, I thought was really oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, no, it looked cool, like uh, CGI around her entrance. I, yeah. I, I, it's, yeah. I'm more like the role of the character versus the character as well, although yeah. I do agree with Tazzy Atom Smash in particular. It was <laughs> kind of redundant, but uh, Cyclone was cool. So, And I like Amon as well in terms of like... His his obsession, like he's like me. <laughs> just yeah. oh yeah, the powers are this and oh Batman and then just like nerding out. Like how a normal person would react if they saw Black Adam. Like everyone's like, Yeah, 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 do that. And he's like, Oh my god, you have powers, you have this, you need a line, you need like he's how everyone else would react, you know, like yeah. a but nerd a normal as well. person would normal person would, would probably run, run away. We've yeah. just seen him slaughter. <laughs> not, not, not really. Someone, a nerd would actually stay and be like, wait, what yeah, was the name? A nerd yeah. would stay. A nerd would stay. <laughs> Everyone I love else is out oh, just freeze just freeze <laughs> and stare and be like yeah. I don't even know what to do right now <laughs> and can I just say like just this is a not specific to this film but just like if you are a mercenary in a film and you fire your weapon and the bullets do nothing don't fire more yeah run don't away run. Like, <laughs> like, I'm gonna... watching them watch like this this beast death about him. it and like, that's the American all, way more bullets yeah. if, if one bullet doesn't work ten more bullets will work it's like when they fight Godzilla as well isn't it 
in, yeah. in kaiju films get, it's get bigger guns no none of yeah. them no, are no. working the thing <laughs> is that gets me your lives and that particularly happened in this but happens in a lot of other movies is that the bigger weapon gets fired <laughs> has no effect and you're short shooting ordinary bullets from your semi-automatic rifle <laughs> like what are you doing and then you run out of bullets in the rifle and you go for the sidearm literally <laughs> bouncing off of him <laughs> and then like you want to you want to use your fist like why are you leveling down this doesn't make any sense it's to show so desperation many... i guess but it's just terrible this is it's, yeah, it's lazy in reverse i don't know <laughs> yeah. what this is want to want to circle back to what you were saying up top about when you asked um annabelle about people um maybe getting I, I think you were getting at the fact that people might be getting fatigued with superhero movies. Mm. And I wanted to circle back to that because the point that uh, uh, comes up to me, like, do you not feel like superhero movies now, like superhero Hollywood and superhero cinema is basically just smash bros with real people? <laughs> yeah. 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 New challenger. as a, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's, that is quite a, out comparison because we do now get the point of like oh who's next to be cast and then who's the new character who are they going to play it's like yeah. smash bros when you get who's the new character it it's in there huh a little yeah yeah i dwayne johnson enters the fight enters the, yeah it really <laughs> is <laughs> dwayne, dwayne johnson shouts sh shouts shazam or something like that yeah. it? but like yeah. it's just it's like it's and I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily like that because I feel like it, it becomes quite meta and it takes away from just, just yeah. watch the film. Now it's yeah. like I have to know and who's in it, and like I got that with not to go too far off the point, but that annoyed me about She Hulk, not the show itself, but the fact that everyone's like, "When's Daredevil in it? When, like, when?" Yeah, are we oh god, that like, fucked me so just much. In, just enjoy like, it. It's or not. such a good show. And... You know, like, <laughs> you go on YouTube now and you find like twenty videos of oh my God, look at this Easter egg breakdown of this, that, and it's like, oh yeah. my God, you know, just, just please stop. Yeah. Just stop <laughs> it, and en either enjoy it or don't. Or don't, Th yeah. That's up to you, but yeah. I don't, I don't need you to, <laughs> to do this. Like you, you don't need to do this. You don't need to, to explain the end credit scene in a half, for half an hour in a <laughs> YouTube video. You know what I mean? It's like, and I think that's what I'm getting fatigued with. Not superhero yeah. cinema itself the fandom surrounding it like it, it, that when it gets to that level yeah the smash brosness of it yeah the smash brosness yeah yeah it is yeah but i guess you just and this I is where we are i think as well like i loved what i liked about this film is obviously like the the kind of topics it talked about and like brought up obviously it done it in a very like light way but it's nice to just see like superheroes in different environments yes and not just like saving new york yeah, give it that. <laughs> and so, like, that's nice because, you know, you, it's always nice to just have a superhero film that you can chuck on. It's just action and, and superhero-ness and it's fun and, and easygoing, like, light watch. But I think, like, I, I do have 
I have superhero fatigue in the way that if I if you give me like loads of packets of crisps, I will eat all of them. And I, I might even eat the flavors I don't like that much. I feel like I don't really like these and carry on eating them. Yeah, um, I've witnessed <laughs> this in person. And like, so I do have superhero fatigue, but I also will continue to watch them. Um, <laughs> Same. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's, it's like, so it's nice to yeah. just have them set a bit differently and have. Yeah. So, yeah. And this this was an anti-hero for movie, not a superhero movie, and that's how I could still eat it. It's like it's like when you know like you know like when you eat tons of dinner and then you can still have dessert because dessert. of dessert. Yeah. I know that feeling exactly, very yeah. well. All right. So I uh, will end on themes and then talk more about Ishmael, but I'll I'll save that for the for the tip which Tazzy might not like uh, or agree with. But uh, we'll see when we get there. So you touched on one of the themes in there's well very political and comes from a a film being set in what is metaphor for the Middle East. And you have very clear, some might say on the nose, but anti-imperialist themes or messages. So you've got like the Justice Society equated to the United Nations. So just an intervention force that just go wherever, (laughs) wherever they feel the need. And it's interesting if if you want to get deep about it, it's interesting that the Justice Society only come in once can that get a quote-unquote protector who is a threat and then the justice side comes on because they weren't there i think it was mentioned by one of the characters that you know where were you when other things were happening it's only when we get a uh, hero or anti-hero who is capable of being a external threat then you come in to uh, to squash that is the word you're looking for WMD is that the word you're looking for? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kandak, we're just we're just testing superheroes. Yeah, not launching yeah. him anywhere. Just uh, <laughs> it's just a test. Uh, so, so you've got that, but then you've also got like anti-royalist message because Adam is well, he's not from lineage, but this like idea that he could be he could be the ruler, and then he smashes the throne in a Game of Thrones like literal <laughs> um, action. Um, that ties to the story so just smash the throne no kings none of that i'm just a protector so you've got that there was also a theme that i liked about and this kind of ties to where the film is set but the the almost rejection of the the western concept of heroism that embraces some level of darkness so black adam being you know i i do kill people and i i'm able to cross the line and adriana making uh, it clear that this is cool. Sometimes you need this. Uh, he will do the things that you, I think she was talking to Hawkman, won't do. Uh, so you've got that different take on a superhero superhero status and what it means to be a hero or anti-hero. And then the other one I that kind of came across to me is, I guess the, the one sort of internal character base one is this idea of like controlling your rage because it was mentioned that the problem with Black Adam is that his rage gets out of control I mean, it's not delved into too deeply, but his rage gets out of control and it results in in tragedy. So by the end, he learns to become more of a measured character. So controlling your rage and uh, dealing with tragedy, because his rage comes from the, the tragedy that he suffered, and then learning to be more measured with that, I guess. I tried to pick out things that weren't, too, weren't delved into too deeply, but stood out to me. I don't know if anyone else saw anything. I think that pretty much sums yeah, up the themes. Much, yeah, you've pretty much covered go. it. I've got, I've got <laughs> nothing really to add to that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. That's, that's it all very it was. Cool. Yeah. Apart from the fact that 
Black Adam's going to be in another Fast and Furious film at some point, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what are they on, like 11 or something? All right, so with those themes thoroughly covered, uh, maybe even more so than the film itself, favourite moments, final thoughts. What were your favourite moments from this film? Uh, Annabelle, we'll start with you. Was there, or you might have mentioned it already, but was there anything that we haven't covered that particularly stood out for you in this film? Um, Henry Cavill at the end. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, I just really like, I know Hawkman was, he was, sometimes he felt a bit one-dimensional. In fact, like, you know, we must not kill kind of thing. But yeah. his, the portrayal from the actor, that stump, that stance, uh, I thought was really well done. He was giving me Chadwick Boseman vibes a lot. Like the way, the, the leadership kind of role, it was so strong to me. I was like, oh my God, he's like, it was weird. It was like that 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 leadership and the role he was taking. I wish mm. they'd leaned less into him being so like can't kill da da da, which was getting annoying after a while. <laughs> as opposed to the fact that you know he was like you and I are gonna have a talk afterwards, kind of where he was trying oh, yeah, to lead yeah. these you like ragtag yes. group. <laughs> um, I thought that was done really well. I, I really I want to see more of him um, done a bit stronger, just a touch stronger in terms of like the leadership role, but. Doctor Fate for me kind of probably takes this um, Pierce Brosnan acting. Yeah. Really Anything Doctor Fate was in any scene he was in, and I liked the anim like his. He looked really cool the way they done his suit. Like everything looked really sort of the entirely um, animation on this was top tier. All right, Greg, any any final thoughts? Agreement on the fact that Doctor Fate was the strongest character in the film. Mm. As far as like you know, I I really enjoyed seeing Doctor Fate on the big screen. Again, it's nice to see them take these heroes and and like bring them to the screen and it's it was nice to see dc use obscure characters and bring them to the screen and not like like to sort of like bring them into the light um and not rely on big heavy hitters to get yeah, the film fair. um and it was nice to see the way they handled hawkman and and everything i, I do agree that hawkman was a little bit one dimensional um and they i, I feel like maybe I could have done with a little bit more. I, I think I think the film could have done with maybe a little bit more explanation of Hawkman and Doctor Fate, or maybe they need their own film. Or you could have taken some characters out and spent that time elsewhere. But just say, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, a Justice Society film would have been good. But yeah, I mean, like I, I really enjoyed seeing those two on, and and the the interaction between those two was good. And Doctor Fate was cool as this like wise, all knowing. My favourite moments were Black Adam's first appearance when uh, Adriana releases him mm. and Dr. Fate fighting Sabak one-on-one. All right. Tazzy, what do you, what do you think? Is there anything that we've, we've missed? I um, just want to reiterate Dr. Fate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one thing we're all in agreement on that. So I only, the only other thing I know Dr. Fate from is the Injustice 2 game. It was really cool in that, and then this was just like I was like, maybe this is just a character that I really, really like. Um, so like, kind of just to to agree with what Greg said, I'm I'm glad that DC have brought in some obscure characters because if they carry on like this, they're gonna they're gonna draw me in a lot more. Because I found also Cyclone really interesting. Not so we didn't get much character out of her, but just her design and like the little bit of information we had on that. I was like, oh, I want to know more. And like the the special effects with her coming in and being a cyclone, really cool. But yeah, in terms of specific like moments, there's a there's a few that I like just enjoyed. 
our introduction to Amon when he's on the skateboard and he's like tries to get through oh, the checkpoint. And he tries to get through the checkpoint. And I don't know, I just really loved that scene. And I really liked uh, Amon's character as well. Just I thought mm. it was like just really, really cool. Like yeah, very young, wide eyed, yeah, hopeful, enthusiastic, leader, <laughs> nerdy, like just the spirit of life. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I think it was played so well as well. That introduction of Amon, they they really leaned into the teen angst, but then there was no teen angst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. Yeah. I, I won't go back into it, but yeah, there's there's things that were started yeah. and not finished in this. Film, Had his but... hood up and it's all like smashing pumpkins, like you hear Billy Corgan, like the world is a vampire. <laughs> and then like you know, like the lyrics to that song, despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. But like <laughs> they didn't really follow that through. But yeah, yeah. It was I kinda cool liked intro. I kinda like that. I kinda like that it yeah. was like not this stereotypical all teenagers are angry, because not all teenagers, teenagers are angry. angry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the vast yeah. majority of them are, because I mean, just scientifically, their brains are going for a lot. Um yeah. <laughs> but not not all of them have that. Uh, and it was kind of cool, but then still will adopt the same like trends because that's what is that's how trends work. So I quite like that. It was quite nice. I thought yeah. actually one of the things I enjoyed. Um, and then Doctor Fate scene where they're like in the house and, and he's and yeah, um, yeah. Hawk yeah. and they're fighting <laughs> and he's mind. just like and he's just, just so chill and the way he's just like moving out of the way. And yeah. it was like this scene is just yeah. I love it. That house basically getting leveled. Yeah, I yeah. know. No one, the, no the one cares about <laughs> buildings in this film at all. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I, that was one of my favorites for sure. And then uh, another one for me was so I felt the end. I've got this thing about like just general superhero films or a lot of superhero films and just descending into a third act where it becomes a CGI fight. Not necessarily the biggest fan of it, even though I like seeing it. What I did like in this is the, I guess it's a twist where you find out, oh, it's actually his son who got the powers and he sacrificed for his dad. I, I like that. And then it kind of brought me to the place where I've already voiced, but just more character stuff. Cause that, that was interesting for the character and could have served to as further motivation over a larger part of the story rather than the small segment uh, it was in. But I liked that bit and I liked that aspect to the character. So uh, last thing, and I'll do this uh, storytelling tip, uh, Superman in, in Black Adam, we excited for that. Very excited. Couldn't be more excited if I tried to be. Couldn't be more excited if I tried to be. Like I had to hold back glee. <laughs> Just, I think Henry Cavill as Superman is probably the perfect casting in the entire world. The fact that we haven't had a Man of Steel is actually criminal. Because what? So I was so happy that he was in there. Couldn't be happier. Made the whole film. <laughs> okay. it, it took the whole film up by like one whole notch just because he was there. Isn't it? So, okay. Yeah. I could it be the more opposite of Annabelle? <laughs> you're not a fan of Henry Cavill as Superman? Okay, so here's the thing. I'm a fan of Henry Cavill as the Witcher and the Witcher only. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. <laughs> uh, anything outside of that, I literally do not care. So the moment they stepped on the screen and I yeah. was like, oh. <laughs> because it was like... Just a reminder that I no longer have my version of Henry Cavill. Yeah, well, you got season one to two of The Witcher. Oh, and three as well. Is that? 
Yeah, but... End, end of season three, yeah. Okay, I didn't but see it. Oh, I just enjoy that. Doesn't matter, because now, like, that's it. And then I was, I was extra disappointed, because before I just wouldn't have cared, and then I was like... Nope, still nothing. Absolutely nothing with Henry Cavill as mm. as Superman. Zero. Even after him playing, it's literally just him. <laughs> the way he plays the witch, he's, he's great. He, that role is just amazing. <laughs> I, I was just disappointed. Also, I was just disappointed because it was like, oh, okay, we're gonna have like a a uh, how do I say this uh, in a in a PG way? Uh, <laughs> 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 I know what you're gonna say. Um, <laughs> Two men fighting each other to measure their egos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this just does not interest me at all. Like, <laughs> zero, zero interest. Like, none. Depleting disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> wow. In the negative. Right. As long as it's handled better than Batman versus Superman and. That can't be difficult. Black Adam's, Black Adam's mum isn't called Martha as well, then yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine, <laughs> Greg? How are you? How excited are you to see a sword swinging contest? Sword, sword swinging contest between those two. Yeah. So let's see. In the in the red, white, and blue corner, we've got Geralt of Krypton. Uh, <laughs> in, the, in the red corner, we've got Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, <laughs> I'm interested to see what they do it and how they do it and how they. Because it's all very cordial at the end of the film. It's like, it turns out, like, we need to talk. To me, it feels a bit more like a, a what's-it-thingy situation um, turning up at the end of Iron Man and recruiting people and whatever. Oh, what, uh, Nick Fury? Nick Fury, that's it. I can't, I can't, the name just escapes <laughs> me for a moment. But yeah, it feels more like a Nick Fury situation than a, than a I'm going to beat your ass situation. I did also get that, but it will still be a measure. It will still be a, a sword fight. It will just be like, I can kill more bad guys than you. Like, whatever it is, mm. they're going to be measuring up to each other. And but, but Superman <laughs> won't be killing the bad guys. The, whoever defeats the boat. It will be yeah. such a, like, I'm a better than... Like, as that's long as it's all not I just can like, see it. Yeah. It's just going to be like, who's the, who's the bigger muscle? And... Uh, physically <laughs> we oh, have a quick yeah. clear winner yeah it's it's interesting and i want to i'll be interested to see how they handle it and what characters they bring in to to make it work or what machinations they go and what they adapt from the comics because that's that's really all i'm always interested in when i when i go to watch these films is what they're adapting from the comics mm. that's like the main thing for me the main well, I, mean, I mean like the the film itself like i have fun when i watch these films but like it's like i'm always interested to see what they adapt from the books yeah yeah well i mean we're getting it because um yeah. yeah say goodbye to the witcher it's superman from here on out so Geralt of krypton yeah it's coming but yeah that was our oh i didn't give my thing did i give my thing no i did give my thing no, did you yeah well i'm i'll i'll take it as it comes basically i'll treat it the same way i'll treat it the same way i treated this film yeah, just take it as it comes. I think I'll enjoy it. Very well done for what it is. Maybe I want to see it. Maybe I don't. We'll see. Now, that's our discussion. And now we can get into this week's story tip. Each time we do a deep dive on the podcast, I like to pull out a storytelling tip for others to consider when making their own stories. So this is a consideration from someone who also creates stories and likes to learn from the techniques or mistakes of others. So for today's episode, I wanted to discuss keeping your friends close and enemies closer. 
So this is a tip which Tazzy might not like, but it's about the execution of the fake ally character Ishmael, who turns on Adriana and kidnaps Amon in order to get the crown of Sabak. So as with many of the characters in this film, Ishmael is new to the viewing audience. And in my opinion, the film doesn't do a good job of establishing a relationship between him, Adriana, and her son. Although we do get to see Ishmael early in the film on the mission to get the crown. So he is in the Jeep driven by Karim. So we do get that he's close to the family. That is there. But in my opinion, again, it's not enough to have us fully invested in a relationship. So by the time we see Ishmael turn heel and be revealed as the intergang leader, we logically understand the betrayal, but not as emotionally invested as we could be. That's not to say that we need multiple films to spell out what Ishmael means to the Thomas family, but I think the film could have done a better job in making that relationship matter before breaking. It ticks the boxes of the false ally character, but doesn't fully execute on making us care. So it comes as more of an acknowledgement than a shock. Uh, so Ishmael's role in Black Adam is what screenwriter John Truby calls the fake ally opponent or the false ally. This is the character who pretends in some form to be friends with the protagonist or otherwise positively aligned with their goals, only to reveal themselves later to have been working against the protagonist the whole time. There are other variations to this, such as the character who was formerly on the straight and narrow, but is either deceived or willingly switches sides somehow. And I'll quote John Truby himself, who says, The fake ally opponent is valuable because he is in inherently complex. This character often goes under a fascinating change in the course of the story. By pretending to be an ally of the hero, the fake ally opponent starts to feel like an ally, so he becomes torn by a dilemma. The character can be one that we come to hate as an audience, but their role is important for making a story that we are emotionally invested in, if done well. So here are a few well-executed examples, again, in my opinion. So first, we have Cypher turning on his crew in The Matrix. When we first meet the character Cypher, he is presented as a trusted member of Morpheus's crew. He has history and a relationship with the main characters Trinity and Morpheus. So when we see, when we learn that he has been secretly working with the agents, trading his friend's livelihood for a comfortable life of ignorance and bliss, it's a shocking turn because we are invested in him by this point. The betrayal is taken to another level when we then see Cypher brutally murder most of the ship's crew. In Get Out, we see that Rose was in it all along. The film does the work to get us very invested in the interracial relationship between Chris and Rose. The audience trust is deepened when Rose is seemingly contrasted with the rest of her family, who have a weird vibe about them and don't all seem to share progressive values when it comes to race. So when it's revealed that Rose has been in on the plot to kidnap and harvest black bodies for wealthy white patrons the whole time, and has done the same with many other black lovers, it's a genuine shock and a great twist. Learning the truth about Ernesto in Coco. So the protagonist Miguel's journey to the land of the dead in search of the very famous guitarist Ernesto de la Cruz, who Miguel believes is his great-great-grandfather. It's an emotional turn when another character, Hector, is shown to actually be both Miguel's great-great-grandfather and the talented musician he was in search of the whole time. Ernesto was a fraud and became a threat when challenged. So... Like I said, I think these are examples of where uh, emotion is used to invest the audience in the characters and outcomes before twisting that knife. So here are three tips when considering how to implement the fake ally in your story. Number one, take time to establish a relationship emotionally. So you want to get your audience to understand and invest in what everyone means to each other 
before messing with the relationships. So Miguel's journey is such an emotional one that we fully understand what it means for him to discover that Hector, not Ernesto, is the man in Miguel's picture from his great-great-grandmother's house. Number two is raise the stakes. So this can be this can naturally come if the relationships have been properly established, but you want to let your audience know how things will be worse for your protagonist's goals as a result of the betrayal. Number three is show clear consequences. So the turn of the false ally character has a clear impact on the future of the story and the world on some level. It has to, otherwise, why does it matter? Ishmael's turn doesn't necessarily change a whole lot, as Intergang were already after the crown and whether led by Ishmael or not, would have found their way to Amon eventually. Whereas something like Cypher's betrayal has a clear consequence for the future safety of the crew and the Matrix at large. So those are a few things to consider, for my opinion, but there you go. So that's our story tip for this week. If you are creating your own story, uh, let us know what you think about this tip. Drop a line in our Discord, send us an email, feedback at mymatter.com. Uh, so that's the tip for this episode. Tazzy, let's check in with feedback. Do we have some feedback and guest news as well? Got some questions from Instagram. Uh, so why did they change his origin story? They've made Black Adam from a villain to a redeemable anti-hero. And that's from Michael Ad Michael Adji. Anyone, anyone got any answers to that? I, I think... Hollywood is the is yeah. The, I think I think I already answered this yeah. earlier in the cast, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's um, because audience. So it's to make him palatable to the the mainstream audience and everything else. Because like when they're making these movies, they're making them to appeal to everyone, not just fans of the comics. So they're going to alter some things to make him more palatable as a character. Because you can't have the title character of a film be a straight up bad guy. Like even if you think about Godzilla films. Like, he's not the bad guy at the end of the day. Like, the film's called Godzilla but, or whatever, but it's like usually Godzilla ends up defending people against something bigger than himself. But it's like to, they've made him redeemable to make him palatable to audiences. So they've given him... This, this is what I was talking about earlier. They've toned him down. They've toned down the villain edge on him and they've made him more of an anti-hero, uh, less of a straight-up villain. I mean, in the comics, he flip-flops anyway. He's, he's at times an, an anti-hero at times um a straight up villain but he's also you know he's always in in this kind of like gray area of can we trust him can you know do we really trust him and i think i think they've done a good job of of making him like polishing him up for the screen shall i say i'd agree with mm. that we have like just straight up not a question just a statement <laughs> um they weakened up the fate to accommodate black adam i have no idea but i don't know if uh Anyone else has any thoughts on that? Um, probably, because <laughs> I think magically Dr. Fate, it, with, with one of Black Adam's traditional weaknesses being strong magic, I think Dr. Fate could probably have taken Black Adam. But I also feel like... He wouldn't want to. Yeah. He, he knows not to. Like, So it's... It, I don't think he was weakened, more like he stood back. Because I remember there was a scene where he was just sitting in the chair and he was just like, go on, like... He kind of already knows what to do. He could have ended it all if he wanted to, but he's seen the future. And also you can see that the helmet makes you a bit crazy. And he was sort of ending his 
you know, he knew the end was near and he he liked that. So I, I don't think he was nerfed in that way. I think he could have if he wanted to, but he didn't want to. So mm. that's that. Mm. And it was the fact that, like, they were, at the end of the day, even if he, even if they weren't, they didn't really come to blows head to head because they were allies. Yeah. So you're not going to see that fight. I mean, how do we know what Dr. Fate's power level was in that film and whether or not he could have taken Black Adam or not? Yeah, because I suppose like from the beginning, Dr. Fate was just like, we just need to have a calm discussion. <laughs> yeah. And remember that power levels of superheroes and things are dictated by the person writing the hero at that time and what's good for the story, because that's how it works. And that's how it works in the comics as well heroes powers jump up and down all the time it's mm. it's just it's just what they need to do what suits the plot for that specific moment and and they will find a way to either weaken or strengthen that character and make it so that and and um in the in the in the interest of suspension of belief they'll give you a way to reconcile that maybe a few pages before they'll tell you why but that's just that's just how it is so you know i'm not I'm not really a fan of those arguments, like who'd win, like yeah, as you can probably tell, because <laughs> but depends yeah, who's it's, writing um, them. <laughs> it depends who's writing them. Yeah, that's my answer to it. It's like I don't, you know, you can't. There's no definitive answers ever to those questions. You could you could argue about it till you're blue in the face. And then last question is, well, we've already answered half of it, but I'll read it anyway, just for the sake of it. What would you rate the movie? And are you excited for Superman? And that's from Scorps GCA. Some, mm, I wouldn't say excited. Um, I acknowledge Superman <laughs> uh, and I wait to see what comes. And that was very diplomatic. You, you, sound, you, you, <laughs> you, uh, you sound like you're sort of like giving a statement about like another country's op like another yeah. country's actions or something like <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we recognize the actions and yeah uh, yeah yeah, we yeah look forward to peace, peaceful solution <laughs> i recognize <laughs> that henry cavill was wearing the coat of arms <laughs> of the house of l at the end of that film yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's the end of your statement yeah, everyone claps it. like that's it please <laughs> yeah. you know what i i say what i said at the beginning i i thought i would not care about the film and i didn't hate it i thought it was fine I thought it was a well-done version of this type of superhero film. And it's one of those, I think for me, it's one of those where it's not necessarily my favorite, but I have no problem with this existing as faint praise as that is. That's as, that's as much as I can do. <laughs> I'd rate it an upper mid-tier movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm the opposite of excited for Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I do not acknowledge Superman. <laughs> yeah, not, not my Superman. Not my Cavill. <laughs> not my Cavill. On a uh, on a scale of Scott, uh, on a scale of um, the first Suicide Squad movie to ten, I'd say <laughs> that this is nearer to ten. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd agree with that. <laughs> I no, I um, I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, I went in with low expectations, and I came out having had a good time. Um, I wasn't expecting much out of it because, you know, I, I just I've come to not expect uh, going to superhero movies expecting an awful lot. Uh, over my time, I've I suppose I sound like I've become pretty jaded with superhero <laughs> cinema, but I wouldn't say I'm jaded. I would just say that I've learned to kind of like uh, I've learned to accept what it, it sector is for what it is. And I know why they do what they do and why the, 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 I, the machinations of the industry dictate that they're going to mm. do things to please audiences to sell tickets and 
that's what this film does. And I think I think it's fun. It's a fun film. I enjoyed it. I feel that if you're not going to go watch it at the cinema, then you're not missing much by not watching it on the big screen. I, I feel that you could probably wait for it to hit HBO. Mm. Or if it comes to HBO, I don't know where they're going to send it, where it's going to end up, maybe. But like, it's um, maybe, maybe it'll end up at the Rock of Eternity. I don't know. But like, <laughs> it, it's just one of those things where I can't. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it and it was good for what it was, but I, I wouldn't say that you necessarily need to rush out to the cinema to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I too acknowledge that Henry Cavill was wearing the coat of arms of the house at the end of that film. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, we, we don't condone the actions of Henry Cavill, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we acknowledge those actions. Yeah, I think it was, a, I thought it was, a, I thought it was a good film. It did what it needed to do. Reintroduction of Henry Cavill. Here for it. Here for all this. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought it was good. I like the characters in the film and I'm curious as to see how they're going to progress. I don't know. I do feel like this is a big, I'm a, the thing is I love the cinema as well. And I think action, things like this need to deserve the big screen. <laughs> but you kept, you could wait for it. But as a DC fan, don't wait for it. It needs the big screen experience, you know? So yeah, I, I would, I would say that. It does need that um, extra wow factor. You want to appreciate all the full effects. I say that I'm an avid cinema goer, so take that with a pinch of salt. So, yeah. Yeah, so that was some questions. And if you want to, if you want to ask your questions or send us any feedback on this episode, whether you agree or disagree, uh, you can do so by emailing us feedback at mymatter.com or on our Discord or social media at mymatter on Twitter at mymatter.tv on instagram and tiktok and at tazzy on all of the above so before we do wrap up let's hear a bit from our guests and what our guests have been up to any interesting products or latest news you'd like to share and we'll start with annabelle i think streaming all the assassin's creeds you know i'm a huge fan of assassin's creed i don't talk about it as much as the others but i've been an, uh, an assassin <laughs> um, i love the stories so i'm streaming all the games on youtube um starting with the first one out a year in terms of what MG is up to, different projects and stuff like that, we just finished three long days at Comic-Con, which was exhausting, but fun. Um, still doing a lot of streaming online and different things in Ghana, especially, too. Um, so, yeah, watch out for those things. You can find Melanin Gamers on um, Melanin Gamers at everything. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch. Awesome. We'll put those in the notes. Uh, Greg, what about you? If you like static pictures in sequence um and you like comics then come over and listen to ace comicals you can find us at www.acecomicals.com like i said we're currently getting deep into the death of superman that's like the the big project that's running at the moment but in between that we've been doing all sorts of stuff recently did a halloween episode and yeah we just generally like to review and talk about comics but the big thing at the moment is uh our deep dive into the death of superman and yeah it's uh it's gonna be fun um so join us over there um and yeah you can find us in all the usual places uh we are on instagram we are most active on twitter that is where we do all our best work uh you can you can you can find us pretty much anywhere but www.acecomicals.com is kind of like the base of operations for everything we do thank you very much we'll also leave those in the show notes um yeah, yeah. thank you for joining us today yeah always a pleasure to have you both on and uh share your enthusiasm knowledge expertise expertise all that stuff i'm not an expert <laughs> <laughs>
but yeah, thank you both for uh, for joining us again. Yeah. And if you enjoyed this episode of Story X Story, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating and review. That helps us reach new listeners and fans of story discussions. And you can check out our own stories on the Maya Matter website. Uh, we have a number of titles available, including the latest series, Through the Fog. Those are all available at mayamatter.com forward slash manga. Uh, you can always check out the Studio 77 Discord and consider becoming a member for exclusive access to gamepad events and content from the MyMatter universe. Some of those events come as part of our Do I Look Like a Gamer video game representation campaign, which we are winding down for 2022. Uh, it's been a very promising, positive year for championing diversity, inclusion, getting young people from different backgrounds to understand that there was a place for them to shape the future of the video games industry. And we look forward to doing more next year. Um, we release new episodes of the podcast on Thursdays, and those include creator interviews, video game discussions, and deep dives into stories across pop culture. You can always give us a shout directly. Our email address is feedback at myamada.com and our website with links to subscribe is myamada.com forward slash story x story. Uh, so thank you for tuning in and until next time stay safe and remember the right honorable members of story x story acknowledge the entertainment value of one black adam but we await a full in investigation into the circumstances surrounding cow l no further questions please <laughs> take care everyone <laughs>